0: Welcome to Above and Below, a salt life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a salt life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Lauren Landers on with us. Lauren started her own business living aboard her sailboat. What's up? How's it going?
1: Everything's good. How are you?
0: Good. So you're from Florida. We got the time difference going on.
1: (laughs) Yes, I am from Florida. I grew up in Missouri and I'm Florida-based right now. I'm usually in the Bahamas, but I'm here for now.
0: Sick. How the heck did you get into the thought that you wanted to live on a sailboat?
1: I grew up going to the Bahamas every single summer with my family and I just absolutely loved it. And when I was in middle school-ish, a thought just came to me. I want to buy my own boat and I want to sail the world. I knew nothing about sailing. I knew nothing about any of that, but that became my goal by the time I was 30 and um, it happened. So
0: I feel like that's like, <laughs> like when you ask somebody like that lives on a boat, they're like, yeah, I just kind of just wanted to do it. And I didn't know how to sail. Um, and like, I, I've been sailing a bunch, but I'm horrible at it. But I like, think about that and I'm like, dude, I'm so scared to go buy a boat, but I really want to buy a boat. I don't know. Like you guys are so gnarly.
1: I tell people to do it. Um I graduated college. I didn't really know what I was going to do because it was during COVID. And I had some friends that were like, hey, come on, come and be my co-captain. I knew nothing about sailing and I'm a captain. So I knew motorboats, um, but I knew nothing. And now it's the past week, or I guess in the past month, time's flying. I had to sail back um, over 150 miles without an engine, and I absolutely That's loved it. But so it's like, sick. well, I guess I'm getting thrown into it. It is what it is. Um, so I tell people, like, it'll come. It.
0: So did you literally just learn how to sail from buying a boat?
1: Well, I learned with friends. So I was on a friend with yeah on a catamaran with one of my friends and then on a monohull with another friend. And that's where I learned to sail and all that stuff. And
0: nice. You said you're a captain as well. I am. Give us a little, give us a little rundown about yourself. Cause uh, I have never met you before. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> so I grew up in Missouri and I moved to Florida for college. I, Graduated with marine biology within three years. And during that time, I started freediving a ton. We have a family friend who was a captain and was like, he kind of encouraged me and took me under his wing. I was like, you should get your captain's license if you want to. I'll teach you. I mean, I think my first job during the summer was just washing boats every day. And um, he would take me out on sea trials as his just like secondary first mate, whatever and he would take on deliveries and it just kind of kept going and I fell in love with it. So I got my captain's license when I was 19 and um, I worked on a center console for shark diving in Florida as well during college. And then I graduated and have, I guess been doing it full time in a way. Now I'm a freedive instructor. I host liverboards in the Bahamas and all of that.
0: No way. That's pretty sick. God, in Missouri. <laughs> yeah. That, how was that?
1: There's no pretty, um, pretty water to dive in. <laughs> it's You're a bit so, colder. How
0: stoked were you? How stoked were you when you moved to Florida?
1: I was really excited. I always knew, like, I always loved the ocean. Um, I have a great community back in Missouri, great support system. I love visiting. I truly love visiting, but um, this is my home. So Yeah,
0: that's rad. I really want to move to Florida. I love to Do it. <laughs> but there's not, but the waves are so slow there. That
1: is true. For surfing, it's not. That's the only thing. Tit and miss. Not
0: really. Yeah, it's not really the best. So that's pretty much how you got the whole Salt Lake vibe going on now, huh? For sure. Just like move to Florida, new people, met people. Yeah. Like through jobs and everything. That is so amazing. So how did you end up finding your first sailboat? So how, how many sailboats have you had first off? Uh,
1: this is my first boat that I've owned. Okay. Um, okay. So I've always like my whole life, I love going to boat shows. I love pulling up listings and just looking at boats, just kind of looking at them. When I worked on the sport fishing boats, I'd love to look at like different designs, different layouts. So I'd do the same with sailboats. I knew nothing. Um, I didn't even know like, certain things about different brands. I knew absolutely nothing about raising a sail, what to look for. And so when I was on the catamaran, I kind of, it's I always wanted a monohull, so I learned to sail, but it wasn't like us picking up things about what I liked and didn't like really. And then when I moved on another friend's boat, it was a 1998 Beneteau Oceanus. And Mm -hmm. um, hearing him talk about it and just like the whole material, the sturdiness, um, how we would sail, like listening to him talk about certain things about it, and then me living on it and kind of being like, this is a great valley to work in, or I love this layout, or I really like this part about this thing. So that kind of influence, this is kind of what I know what I'm looking for now. I want the swim platform off the back. I want my mass to be, uh, my main sail to be in mass furling. Um, s- simple stuff like that. And so around last March, I started looking at boats just casually. I really just looking, see what's out there and come. So he sold that boat in April. I absolutely loved it. I almost bought it. And I was like, no, it's not my absolute dream boat. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to go forward with it now. It wasn't the right time. And then I went and visited my friend on the catamaran in July And my community has just exploded within the last year. Like just the people I've met, the like-minded people, just like I have a family on the water now. And I was just sitting there. I'm like, we're rafted up with some of my best friends, now that I had just met. And it's, we have two boats. We have two dinghies. We have three or four tour guides at this point with all of us there, multiple chefs. It was just, it flowed so well. And I'm sitting there. I was there for 14 days, I think, or maybe a little more. I'm just like, I can do this now. I was like, I can run a boat by myself with this support system. So I'm sitting there every morning. I'm looking at boats and nothing is just coming to me. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's nice, but not this. And I think I'd given up after a week or so. And then I started looking again. I'm like, I can't stop looking. And I came across a page that was by owner and come to find out they'd also posted on a Facebook group I've been a part of forever for sailboats for sail by owner and I never saw the listing and that was in April so I found that really interesting because I'd search that group every day and I came across this I'm like there's no way like this is my dream boat and I was like there's no way so I emailed them I asked for more pictures asked for their most recent survey and everything was beautiful I was like I know boats have issues, so there must be an issue somewhere. So I called, um, I set up a call with the owner and we talked, I'm like, what's wrong with the boat? Like, be honest, I'm a captain. I know that boats have issues. And he's like, just going through it. He's like, honestly, like, it's been very well maintained. I really don't have to do a lot on it. And it really has been a great boat. So we set up, this was at the end of July So I started working. I knew I wanted it. It was basically like I was, it was in Puerto Rico. That was kind of the downfall. So I was going to Costa Rica after the Bahamas, then going to visit my parents. And, um, at this point it was basically set in stone. My dad and I were going to go see the boat, do a sea trial. And I was going to sail back with it to Florida. And we got to Puerto Rico, um, I actually got COVID when I was supposed to go down. So I had to call the owner. It's already like this young girl is buying a boat. Like we've never talked. Like I've paid a little bit of a deposit, like a refundable deposit, just so he knows I'm not like scamming him. And I'm like, I call him as him and his wife are literally there getting everything ready for me to see it. I'm like, I have COVID. And I felt absolutely terrible But then he flew down another 10 days, I think it was about 10, 15 days later. My dad and I went down um, and the boat was beautiful. I fell in love with it. On the sea trial, my engine stopped Um, and we tried to sail in. That didn't go so well. So we ended up getting towed in. A lot of work had to be done. And um, so that was honestly the biggest issue was the engine now had to be replaced. So I didn't end up getting the boat till. It's a 1993 Beneteau Oceanus, um, 51. So nice. my, Dang, that's a big boat. It is. Um,
0: that's a big boat. <laughs> <who's sailing laughs>
1: it is. And I love it though. So my biggest thing was I wanted bow thrusters, which I put in the boat. Didn't have bow thrusters, but I, I'm very anti-bow thruster, but when I'm like, I'm going to be solo sailing and yeah. I put myself in the worst case scenarios I've ever been in. I'm like, I want my bow mm-hmm. thruster. And then um, I wanted the in um rolling main. And I wanted three bathrooms and three cabins because I knew I was going to be doing charters. The last boat I was on had three cabins and two bathrooms. So I was like, I want each room to have their own. And so that was a big, that was probably the biggest struggle finding a boat was having that, but also having my own master suite because a lot of boats when you get that big are straight charter (laughs) boats, you have two cabins up front and two in the back. So you don't really have like your own room. And I was like, I'm living on this boat. I'm moving my whole life onto this boat. I want my own room. Um, So I was a little picky just in the accommodations and stuff. When I get to like those boats, the Um, kitchen's pretty well laid out. The living area is really, um, well laid out. And this boat was actually converted from a five bed, five bath to three, three. And there is a, yeah, there's a little like crew cabin in the very bow that Hmm. two owners ago. So 20 years ago, this boat was converted and they completely just took everything out and made it a huge storage. Cabin. So that is wow. It's amazing. That's sick!
0: You can put all of your surfboards in there.
1: It would fit a surfboard, probably. I have a lot of wine in that there right at.
0: now. <laughs> That'd be so-
1: <laughs> And then they combined oh. the two um, forward rooms into one. So there's actually two bathrooms up there. They took out the actual head of one, so that became my cat's room to keep all his mess in there. And then I have the other one, and then that's it.
0: How much of a process was it just getting everything ready to your standards?
1: Um, I'm still getting there, but it's been kind of stressful because I was sitting here for probably four months. When can you haul out the boat? Because they wouldn't haul out my boat until hurricane season was over because two weeks before um, we had to get it hauled out or my sea trial. So when that happened on my sea trial, the week before storm had come through and basically the marina said everyone needs to get off the docks. So you either get hauled out or you go to anchor so the yard was full so they couldn't fit another boat in the yard and they wouldn't release any boats because it was still hurricane season <clears throat> so i had to wait till november 1st to get it hauled out i had my new engine sitting there and my bow thrusters sitting there and everyone lined up i have a charter new year's eve so i'm stressed on that end and i'm like so i'm ordering probably 20 boxes from costco here, So I know when I get to Florida, I can just load everything up. I don't have to go get groceries. And then um, a week and a half before Thanksgiving, I'm texting the mechanics. Is the new engine in yet? No, we haven't even taken the old one out. Like, boat's been out of the water for two weeks. You've had the engine there for three weeks. I need it done. And I need you're paying
0: it- daily, right?
1: Luckily, because all this happened, I only had to pay for the new engine and the new owner because... It happened while he owned it. He's taking care yeah. of the yard cost and oh, that's cool. paying them and all that.
0: <clears throat> that's super rad. So
1: that was really nice, um, especially with getting the bow thrusters put in because then I'm paying for that yeah. part. But I didn't have to pay for the haul out part. Um, so finally, I think I left Puerto Rico December 17th or 18th. And it was mm-hmm. down to the day before we were leaving. I still had rigging guys on the bow of my boat. And I was like, I need this done the right way. You guys have had the longest time to do this. Um, I started to get a little um, not happy. I was just like, this needs to little, be done. And it, yeah. I was like, this isn't got, me, but I was like, the... I have to do it at this point because I need to get back to Ford and then yeah. to the Bahamas. So I sailed, um, with a friend from puerto rico to dropped him off in the bahamas on december 22nd got to florida on december 24th so i sailed solo um you I know mean, how many miles that is a little under 200 was in florida loading up the boat from the morning of december 24th to the night of christmas and then left again to go back to basically where i dropped him off so another 200 That's miles so sick. Um, it was just loading everything up. The worst, like people were kind of freaking out. They're like, You're about to sail solo. They're like, let me fly in tomorrow. Then I'll do that. I'm like, no, like <coughs> it's fine. Like I could do this, like this part of this crossing is no big deal for me. Like I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah, it's on a sailboat now, but I was like, it's no big deal. I tell people, I'm like, the part that I was most stressed about was docking. And I had people yeah. at the dock there for me. So it was really no big deal. And the wind had completely died by the time I got here. So as far as stalking goes, that was really great. Um I loaded up and then Christmas night, I was like, I'm not going to sleep anyway. I might as well go and start moving. So loaded up my cat and we left. And,
0: That's so epic. Yeah. What's that, what's the biggest drawbacks or challenges from living on a sailboat?
1: Um, I would say just access to stuff for the most part. I've used to like, I've been provisioning for boats every summer my whole life. So I'm really lucky with how I've learned to do that. What I need to get to be most prepared in any scenario. I mean, I got to the Bahamas. My dinghy ran great when I tested it in Puerto Rico. And then I go over to a boat for dinner one night, the day before my friend for the charter flies in. And I'm like, there's something wrong with my dinghy. It's not accelerating. Mm -hmm. and I'm in the middle of the Xumas. The closest engine is 60, 70 miles away that I could get, and it died on me probably five times that trip, but there was no way of getting it. I called every airline. The mailboat had just come. There was no way to get an engine, so it was relying on people to get us from the boat to land for about a week. So, I mean, like, there are little drawbacks like that. Um, I mean, my engine just hydro-locked actually. So I came back from the Xumas with no engine
0: that um,
1: sucks. about a month ago, but it's just like, you have to come back to the States, but it was no big deal. I'd say if you need a part, you can get it flown over or you have people to come help. Um, you always it's crazy how much
0: maintenance there is. To yeah. Folks.
1: But as far as like the drawbacks, you have a community, you're going to meet people. So I wouldn't say that's yeah. a drawback. With technology today, you can always call family and friends. So I don't have a drawback personally. I mean, it may be when there's a cold front and you don't have a water heater and you have to take a shower. That may be a drawback,
0: but yeah,
1: (laughs) um, those are superficial.
0: That's rad, though. I mean, it's kind of like I'm the same way as you. Like I think about situations that happen all the time and I'm like, I just kind of laugh at stuff. Like every single time something bad happens, I just, everybody's like freaking out. Like, oh my God, the jet ski broke down. We're in Mexico, 12 miles out to sea. Uh, dude, it's all good. we will find. It's going to be funny. We're going to be getting towed by some guy in a ponga. And, <laughs> you know, like we'll, we'll have some beers with them on the way in. and It'll be funny. Like we're going to live. Talking okay. about towing.
1: Like, I have, I yeah. laugh now. The amount of times I have been towed in my boat since, and via dinghy um since December or no January 2nd I think has been insane like I just laugh now I'm like I'm about to get towed again about to get towed again tow insurance um funny story so in the Bahamas there's no towing like it's going to another boat and saying can you tow me out of this harbor yeah (laughs) I got very lucky that I have friends kind of all over and strangers that were very nice but My friend was like, "You need to get towboat before you go back to the states." I'm like, "True." So the day before I came back, I got towboat, and I call them as I get in. They go, "Well, we can't take you to an anchorage." I'm like, "You can't drop me off at anchor." They're like, "No." So again, I had, to, I had to call more friends and got towed in here as well with cruise ships going by me. I'm under sail and going in the harbor, and there's cruise ships going right by me, and I'm like. This is fantastic. That's,
0: that's <laughs> kind of sick, actually.
1: Like, what's up, guys? I'm, yeah. That's
0: pretty sick. What's your What's your favorite thing about
1: living on your boat? Um, Probably the freedom, just being on the water. I honestly love when stuff breaks because I get to fix it and learn stuff know, about so it. Um, the cost part sucks about fixing stuff, but I really love learning about the boat and all the projects. I love the ocean. I love diving. I've come to honestly really enjoy just sailing. Um, yeah. Like my sail back. I, I love the adrenaline that comes with it. I love just everything about it, turning that engine off and just kind of seeing what it throws at you, what you can do, the peacefulness of it. So I really enjoy all aspects of it. I love meeting people, having people on getting to show other people stuff. Yeah.
0: So you have a charter business now. I do. Right. I do. Can you talk to me about that? So what, what, what do you exactly do you do?
1: I tell people, um, I kind of advertise it more as come live this lifestyle with me. Come join. I do both. So I do it two different ways because I look at myself and my budget per se. And this lifestyle is amazing, but it's very expensive. And a charter can be really expensive. And a lot of people like me or like-minded people that love the diving, love traveling, don't really have a high budget. So I advertise, I do charters and I also do come rent a room. So people can rent a room for the whole month. I mean, you can come and go. You can only come for two weeks. You can come for a month, more than a month. Um I'm not really chartering at that point. It's you can come live this lifestyle. You can work remotely. You can go diving every day. You can completely ignore me. You can help with boat projects. You can not lift a finger. Um, It's kind of like do whatever you want. You're renting a space just like you'd rent an apartment. Come make my boat your boat, your home for a month. Um, And then I also do, I really love that because it's just kind of, I don't know, it's fun. It's low stress. But then I also love chartering because people come on I tell them, what do you want to do? Because I get the question, where do I fly into? Where do I fly out of? What's your typical itinerary? And for me, that's impossible to answer because I've been going to the Bahamas my whole life. And when people ask, where should I go? I tell them it's really, I don't have any recommendations if you can't go by boat because otherwise your options are Nassau and the really populated resorts. And I want to get people away from that. I want people to see the true Bahamas The really beautiful corals, the locals on the uninhabited, like the really smaller islands that are just the sweetest people in the world. I want to have bonfires on the beach at night. So I tell people book your flights into and out of Nassau. Tell me what you want to do. And we'll decide on an island to meet at closer to date. And depending on how long they have, we can visit more or less islands. And some are like, I want to learn how to sail. Okay, great. We're going to. Face your trip off of sailing, or I want to do a lot of spearfishing. I'm like, okay, we're going to do a lot of spearfishing this trip, and that also helps me figure out. Um, obviously, I book charter, so it's, I may be in this island one day and then have to travel by the end of the month, be at the completely opposite of the Bahamas. Um, but I make sure I give myself that time in between to get from one to another, and we'll never yeah. do it back to back. Um, but I try to schedule people so I can make my way down or up and accommodate everyone in the way they want to, if that makes sense. Um, but basically say, what do you want to do? And I make it work.
0: That's rad. That's I, super
1: sick. I Every charter is personalized. I don't want <clears throat> people coming on being like, well, I didn't really want to do that. Or yeah. some people want to stay in Nassau the whole time. And it's great. If it's because some people want a weekend trip, just hop over from Miami come to Nassau. And there's honestly a lot to do in Nassau. So it's great for a weekend trip. Cause I tell people, if you're only coming for three, two or three nights, it's just going to be a lot of moving and you're not going to get to see much and experience it. Like I would like you to experience. Yeah. Um, so I try to optimize people's time in the best way I can.
0: That's epic. How can, how can we book, uh, So online or anything like that. I
1: have a website that gives just kind of it's more of a blog. Um it tells people about the boat, what I do, about me. I blog on it so people can just kind of gather what I'm about. But I do a lot of bookings through email and honestly, Instagram is where I do a lot of it.
0: And what's your Instagram?
1: It is at underscore Lauren Landers.
0: Sweet. When's like your busiest time?
1: Right now. It's probably summer. Um I personally love summer because the water's warmer. I hate wearing wetsuits. Yeah. <laughs> but um it's honestly all the year. I'd say hurricane season's probably the slowest.
0: But Dang, that'd be so sick. I wanna I wanna be sailing during a hurricane.
1: I do not.
0: <laughs> I'd be so
1: into it. Um yeah. That would be an experience. I don't think I'd want to do that, though. You can tell, you can record it and tell me how that goes.
0: Okay, yeah, I'll bring a GoPro and make a video out of it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like I'm booked through April right now, and I have nice. some just week on, week offs May through June, and then it just keeps rolling. I don't really have a lot booked out really far, but usually the two months. Then almost, if someone asked me, am I booked? usually the following two months are pretty much booked. So it's, there's a lot of last minute people that come or they're like, Hey, I want to come. I'm still kind of figuring stuff out. And they usually um, book pretty relatively like quick.
0: Well, I'm really jealous of your lifestyle. <laughs> I swear. I've been looking at boats for like three years, but I just never pulled the trick. Do it. I'm like, I, I'm like scared, but I also like, I like just being having like a home and like coming home. But then I'm like, I could leave my jet ski in the water with my sailboat and just like cruise you can. around go, sick, go see sick waves.
1: You can know. for sure. I mean, there are people that have their homes on land and their boats. I um, know a lot yeah, of people sure. that do six months on, six months off. I'm lucky that I have family and friends I can crash with in Florida when I come. Yeah. Um, But, like, the boat is definitely my home.
0: Yeah. And that would be so much different, too, because my whole family is in Oregon. Like, I have a lot of friends here, for sure, that I can, like, cruise around with. But I'm like, ah. ah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. see. But, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you. This has been a blast.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, hopefully I can get over to Florida soon. I want to see your boat. I want to go sail and Come on over. Go live the salt life.
1: (laughs) Come on down. (laughs)
0: Sweet. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in. And we will catch you next time on Above and Below. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below, a salt life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.